Round one, go. Yep, it is uh, actually the second show of the new year, but who's counting? Well, apparently I am. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. And it's funny, I thought about the Rocky and Bullwinkle when he says, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. And goes, yes. again? It uh, is again, Doug and Marty, right? Again. <laughs> keeping it up. Keeping continuing to uh, continue or whatever it is we do. I am, uh, I'm, I'm already surprised. I mean, it's a weekend, like, right. It's a weekend of the year. Okay. So our last show was, uh, January the 4th. Mm-hmm. This is January the 11th. So we're, you know, basically got like 50 weeks left. We've already burned a week and a half of 2020. Have you done anything at all, Marty of significance? Go ahead. Be honest with me. Um, well, except for continuing to work out, but yeah, you're depressing me already. Don't say, <laughs> you're, you're making everybody saying, hey, you're behind already. That's uh, ready for 2021 mission, now. Restart again. <laughs> mission accomplished. I'm kidding. No, I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is we always, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, this is a huge problem for me is I have this problem of procrastination, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I got plenty of time left, but when you break it down into 52 weeks, that goes even quicker. And you remember what we were saying, you know, last November and last October, it's like, man, this year is just whipping by. And we're going to be saying that again, this coming October and this coming November. And what a year it's going to be. I mean, this is the, this is the year of the presidential election. All, all house congressional seats are up for election right. and one third of the Senate seats are up for election. And all of our statewide offices are up as well. So from, from governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, treasurer, and, uh, commissioner of insurance, public instruction, commissioner of public lands, all those are up this year as well. It is going to be an insanely crazy year. But And every you know, seat in the Washington State House is up mm-hmm, and right? half of the Senate seats are up. Correct. And bottom line is, and we're looking at the calendar, since we're being so blunt on time, there is a basically just under five months before you have to declare for an office. If you're going to run, you should do it now, but that's the deadline. You can't file after that, that week in May. So if you're thinking about it, um, there's a lot of positions open. We know that in every election, about a third get filed for, about two thirds don't. So thousands of, of races go uncontested. So we don't want that, do we, Doug? No. And, um, you know, so pick your, pick your race and, and start just uh, enjoying your life as a, as, a, as a candidate, as a politician. You know, um, I had a, a talk, talk to this gentleman uh, and he said, uh, got up there and he was filed for office. I can't remember what office it was, but he said uh, he had called his pastor and he said, you know, I'm not a politician. And the pastor said, hold on a second. Didn't you just say you filed for office? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you are a politician now and you've mm-hmm. chosen that and be happy with it. And he's like, yeah, wait a minute. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, you and I have often said that we're not politicians. We're, but mm-hmm. what we what we meant really was we're not career politicians. We didn't choose this as a way to make money. as a livelihood. We are, we are politicians in the sense that, we have run for political office and Correct. albeit yeah. not highly successfully. <laughs> well, you can measure success in different ways, but if you, if you talk about winning the race and no, but um, to your point though, too, it, it really, um, 
we see what's going on in the national level and the local level, and we see people like Jay Inslee or um, Bob Ferguson or uh, Cyrus Abib, or national level, you see Nancy Pelosi and just on and on. You see how bad it's gotten, where there's political favors, where they're dealing with lobbyists, where it's money, like millions and millions of dollars uh, going. You don't want to be that. And when we say we don't, we're not politicians, we, we don't want to identify with that the way the system's gotten corrupt. What we want to identify as people that want to run for political office that are just like the people that are voting and saying, no, we're just like you, but we believe that it's common everyday citizens that are called step forth, step out of their normal life for a time and serve their neighbors, serve their constituents, serve this nation, just like serving in the military in a different way, service to this nation, and then go back when you're done and go back to your normal life. And, and right now it's been so tw- twisted that it's a career path. Many people out of school, they got these mentorships or internships with the Clintons or the Democrats or whatever, and they groom them and put them in different territories, knowing that they're going to groom them for office, whether it be school board, then it's like state house and a Senate, and then it's Congress and then whatever. So we've got to be wise to that and say, no, we don't want that type of system where you have no real life experience, no job experience, no real uh, reality of dealing with the common problems that most people do that listen to us. Most people do that live in this state, in this nation. I mean, it's people that actually have to go to work on a Monday morning with a sick child or those that are worried about paying the rent when it comes due or whatever that should run for office and say, you know what? I know exactly what these taxes that I'm voting on have an effect on the people out there just like me versus those that are, you know, have no clue. That's, that's my rant for today. Yeah, yeah well, that's solid. That was a solid rant. I think I'm going to have to write this down in my little journal here. Marty made sense today. Uh, make a note of it. There's always a start, right? The New Year's. January 11th. First time Marty made sense all year. <laughs> I get, of course, he always makes sense. But I'm, uh, no, I mean, I, I obviously I've said a lot uh, over the last few years that that we are, that it's supposed to be like jury duty. And like you said, military service and things like that. Uh, although I have found a few people who have given their lives to serve. I mean, just like you have career military, mm-hmm. right? Um, the vast yeah. majority of military is not career. They serve for a, a, you know, an enlistment period or two and they're gone. And then like my, my older brother made a career out of the military, retired from the military. Um, and I certainly don't think less of him because he made a career in the Navy and, um, and did well and advanced and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so is there a place for career politicians? Well, and it's one of those things too. And in some ways, yes, because if, let's say there's a term limit on the house and you move to the Senate and then you move to this, to that. I think you could, if you still are relevant to your constituencies. I mean, there's, a, there's this thing where they say, oh, you have more experience. Experience in what? How to navigate, how to work with people. No, no. The idea here is unless you have the right people around you and the real world experience, how do you bring anything to the table? All your choices are made in a vacuum, which is what we're seeing many times in Congress. So there is a place, but I think there should be some kind of place where even career politicians have to take a step back for a year or two and do something normal. Work for a living, pay bills, you know, where it's not on the government handout. I just think it would be better for the citizens they serve if they actually bring real world experience. I mean, it doesn't mean they have experience in everything, but if you're a fisherman, if you're a farmer, if you're whatever, you bring something that's unique that isn't, uh, that isn't um, given to a congressperson or senator that is, has a, a built-in sort of, hey, carve out this for us and we'll support you for the next election. 
That's not what well, we want. It, you know? Okay, but I mean, we are seeing some of that. I mean, for example, that one guy, um, forget his name. Uh, I think it's Hunter Biden. He got a really good job outside of politics. He was, he was <laughs> running an oil company in Ukraine. And then, you know, and then there's Lori Laughlin's daughters. I mean, they're doing good on the rowing team, never rowed before. And they were, right, 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 right. I, I, yeah. I see where so, you're going. The, um, see the, the, what about the family? Think about that for a second. A now, lot I know of this, these guys, well, let me finish my point. Yeah. A lot of these guys leave Congress or leave wherever. And that's, that's what they get. Well, yeah, this is their family members you're talking about too. I know Lori Laughlin's case is different, and and the joke about uh, the other day about um, the Felicity Huffman making the license plates too was kind of funny. Ricky Gervais is yeah. yeah. The um, interesting thing though is is you see Nancy Pelosi's now son's now on the hot seat because he's been given one of those those nice things. So Hunter Biden. These are things that were the ancillary stuff. If we can't directly bribe you or give you more money to your campaign. We're going to give you your son or your family or your wife, the sweetheart deal. It's been going on for decades, but I, the fact that this is being exposed at the national level, we know what happens at the local level, Lou, at the state level as well. It needs to be exposed, but this is not, I guarantee you, I didn't, I didn't live in the 1700s, but I guarantee you, this is not what the founding forefathers and the framers of the constitution had in mind when they set things up. Do you think? No. Heck no. So, um, so what we've established here is that it's going to be better if people that work at the gas station and, you know, build airplanes for Boeing and, you know, do IT work for Microsoft or whatever, or farmers or whatever, leave their fields, leave their jobs, their desks, go and serve in the government. The government is designed to be able to be operated by people with a low amount of experience. You know, that's that's what you're saying, right? Well, and it's, it's like a jury of your peers or it's like service by those that are around you. That, that I understand your place. Now, I agree that once you move up, there are people that will excel in the political environment, you know, and, and if those people are some of the people that have come out of their normal life to volunteer the time, like you said, the career people that are in the military, some people are really meant to be there. I get that. But they started from a basis of real world experience. I just think that's important. Um, well, if we didn't have generals, it'd be really tough, right? We didn't correct. have colonels, yeah. you know, people that made a career out of it, right? Mm-hmm. But, but the fighting and all that stuff, the, 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 you know, the real work of the military is done by volunteer soldiers, mm-hmm. for the most part, at least now we don't have a draft. Um, so, what about all the uh, skeletons in my closet, brother? <laughs> all these people, like I could never run for office because I grew up in the seventies and we used to smoke weed or whatever. I mean, what's right. that? You know what? It's interesting too because it's uh, as Christians, as believers. I think sometimes we're the hardest on other believers. You know, when we say, "Oh, they're not really a Christian," or, or they haven't got their life together. But I know, and you know, that we've got all kinds of skeletons. God knows that He saved us anyway. The political arena, as well as things, they'll do everything under the sun. I'm not just every one of them, but we've seen evidence of corruption, bribery, you name it, to basically stay in office. Uh, and yet, they're so quick. Hey, if you've got one thing wrong in your past life, you can't run. That's just, that's wrong. I think people understand who would more likely serve us in a way that, that represents our own values. If they've got hiccups they've, and, and they've been restored, they recovered, they, they bounced back up. We love a return story. I think more and more people out there that if they have a story like that, where they've got to set back a bankruptcy or whatever, but stand for our values and have turned their life around, we should champion those things. And they more, I think that should be just ridiculous. So if you had that in the past and you've overcome it, great story. Yeah, and tell your story. 
It's part of our testimony, man. Right. I mean, that's a deal. And and we shouldn't be, um, you know, it's one of the things about uh, Donald Trump, right? I mean, the guy was a playboy, right? He was a billionaire, millionaire, whatever, playboy guy. He had all that stuff going on. We didn't hire him to be our pastor. We hired him to be the president and he was deeply sorry and repented like that, that excess Hollywood thing. Remember that he was repenting publicly like this, this is bad. I'm sorry. You know, I was like, we got to We got to stop shooting the people that are on our side, I guess. But at any rate, well, we're going to talk more about this uh, 2020 year after the break. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the US, I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at easyyoutubeads.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. Easyyoutubeads.com. No experience necessary. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. And we're back. It's round two of Doug and Marty versus the world. I just happen to be Doug. And I'm still Marty. And welcome back to the show. We appreciate <laughs> you all for tuning in on a Saturday morning. Wow. You new know, it's new, I, new, you, I, new time, all that stuff. It's cool. I realized the other day I got a couple in our call from a good friend of ours and a friend of the show and said he heard our show. And I was like, you forget sometimes. That's right. In business, we re- pre-record and then it plays on Saturday. So they call you on Saturday morning. I just heard them. Like, oh, heard what? Oh, that's right. We're on across the ACN network, all across Eastern Washington. So we love it, right? And we are doing it for you, our listeners, because Lord knows Marty is already cool enough without this. He doesn't need this every day. Just you you emanate cool. You're so, no, you're so cool, real. bro. I have to turn the heat on when I get in the car with you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so, anyway, okay. talking, yes. talking about, um, you know, this this thing too. I mean, okay, 
you know, we're big uh, believers in the seven mountain mandate. If you haven't heard about the seven mountain mandate, you can check out Lance Wall now. You can check out Bill Bright uh, had that, I think. Donnie uh, Low. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But it, basically what that says is that there are seven big uh, influencers of culture in any society, not just American society, but any society. And the, you know, one of the big ones, of course, is the fact that there is a political arena that does affect it. And, you know, I was reading a book by um, Charles, uh, oh, what's his name? Used to be on Fox News, just passed away last year. Uh, Charles, oh, yeah, Charles Krauthammer. Yeah. Krauthammer. And yeah. the introduction of the book, he said, you know, um, I never expected to become a political you know, guy, I never expected to become a political commentator and stuff like that. But he says, but politics affects every area of my life. And I started realizing how important it was. And so that would be a a prime example of somebody um, who is um, recognizing that they're called to a specific area, a specific mountain. And, uh, you know, the other, the other, uh, mountains are the mountain of family, the mountains of business, the mountains of, of uh, the church or the, or the spiritual mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, education. Education. Yep. yep. And, yep. Um, and the, the, the entire thing is, is that what we're constantly trying to do, Marty and I are constantly trying to do with you, our listeners, is to encourage you to take your place on the mountain. Now, the chief mountain, of course, is the mountain of the Lord, right? And so, all the other mountains, if you look at in the book of Daniel, it talks about, shows these different kingdoms, right? And uh, Nebuchadnezzar's statue, right? The head of gold, Mm -hmm. the shoulders of silver and everything else. And what happens is a a stone made without hands strikes the statue on its feet, right? The 10 toes, partly of uh, clay, partly of steel, and it, it, and grinds everything to powder and it becomes the chief, a chief mountain. Right. And that's what's going to happen is all of these mountains will bow the knee to Jesus. Jesus is coming. He's going to be the King. He's going to reign and rule over the earth. Uh, The earth will not be, um, the earth is going to be renewed, right? The old, Mm -hmm. uh, the old is going to pass away. The new will come, but that, but the earth that says will abide forever with King Jesus. And in the meantime, we have, assignments of callings mm-hmm. of giftings mm-hmm. and not everybody's called to run for office, but I think a lot more people are called to run for office than think they are because this country was designed to be run by lay people. Exactly right. And it's interesting too, because um, we have a mandate of on as Christians to go out into all the world and preach the good news, right. To, to share our testimony by the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony, right. People will be saved. And we, and we've done more as a nation, this, this unique project to serve the, the world, to give to the world, to generate this prosperity. And, and yet we're in this really interesting time. I, I went to a uh, really uh, cool thing this weekend with a, f- a friend of ours and a friend of the show about uh, Revelations unwrapped or unmasked, whatever. It's about the uh, the Jewish perspective on Revelation. It was really good. But the, the idea, though, something that came out of it was all the world cultures, um, their spiritual center, their headquarters, their you know the the temple in the Jewish culture, the temple, the 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 Iranians were talking about in the news as well. And like, you have your government and your religious centers and your business centers all in the same place. When, and in a sense, we do too. We have all our government in, in D.C. or Olympia here in the state. 
but it affects everything we do, as you're saying about. And yet in our nation, we've got this thing where our founding forefathers knew there was the divine providence that we had to be free to freely give us ourselves to God. So we wanted to be able to freely worship as we chose, that you had to make your free will choice so you can worship whoever you wanted to, knowing that God would get your heart here. And then we could actually um, establish laws that protected these God-given rights. Very unique. Somewhere along the way, though, government and, and people and their ill intentions has, has devised this lie that says we have to separate the two. And so you have this center of everything that affects our way of life with no godly influence or very little. And then, in fact, it's almost shunned. And what we need to do and what we're talking about in this show many times and you and I and through church and state and other things is realizing that, no, you cannot separate the two. You have to have people of spiritual enlightenment, people that are of God-fearing, that are submitted to the Lord in public service so that light is, is exposed for things that shouldn't be done and doing things that we should be, and bringing salt in so that you actually have wisdom, that we don't have this perpetual moral decay in a nation that was really established, I believe, a testimony, a testament to individual freedom and individual rights, uh, one nation under God. So um, part of that is the call to get engaged. It's not to become political. It's to become bring the light God's put in you, the experiences that God's placed in you, the experiences you've endured, the that you can bring to the conversation to make the entire nation better and the entire state better, entire city or county better in a sense, because it's better with what God's put, doing through you. Because we are the body of Christ, meaning united when Doug and I are and all of our listeners are to come together, but there's so much more richness involved than there is just me and Doug. Right, Doug? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, one of the first things that God said wasn't good he said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And, and I think that was more than just, you know, having a mate and having a wife and a husband and things like that. It was really the sense of who we are. We are socially uh, built. We're social creatures. Why social media is so huge, right? People love that interaction and that being able to share with each other. Uh, the problem, of course, with social media is it's, it allows you to mask yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And not be intimate. And what I think we need you know, more than anything else right now is that intimacy where people can be, you know, what does the Bible say? You know, confess your sins to one another, you know, pray for one another, that type of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and bringing that, that level to, you know, where people really care about each other uh, into the business realm, the business mountain, into the media mountain, into the government mountain, the family, obviously, uh, the, the spiritual mountains, entertainment, all these different places. You know, um, I'm, I feel like uh, there is a sense, though, that a lot of times we're called into stuff that, that we do have that initial kind of, you know, I don't really want to, I don't feel like I want to do that. I feel like it's, it's not right or, you know, I'm scared and, you know, I've often shared as a, you know, as a youth pastor with kids, I'm like, hey, you know, if the call of God doesn't scare you, it's, you're probably not getting it right. Right. So it, it mm -hmm. is, it is going to be a little frightening when God says, you know what, I want you to run for the school board or I want you to do something like that. Um, it, it can be a little, Ooh, I don't know. And, um, but that doesn't mean that that's not what you're supposed to do because when you step out into it, then you start to realize, Oh, wait a minute, I am equipped for this. You may not feel mm -hmm. like you are, but you are. And, um, and you know, we need, you know, right now we have a huge breakdown, bro. In this whole 
you know, education thing. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we're pumping out people who don't know how to think, who don't know how to do math. And, you know, I see this as so insidious to the destruction of the country. I mean, if we can't, if we can't make our own strategic materials, build our own bridges, if we can't, you know, make our own airplanes mm-hmm. and things like that, we are in trouble as a nation. Yep. We, we've talked about this before with people that can't build things. You know, we're importing our labor because we we are technologically advanced, quote unquote, but we can't do anything. We can't even fix our own cars. And, and that's that's a sad thing when you think about uh, how this could be intentional. And to your point about stepping out in faith, something scary. If it's not scary, you don't rely on God. Oh, I can handle this on my own. We need that these faith moments are things that only God can do it. When I All I can do is obey and trust. You know, and, and the other part about that is you reminded me of, of Jonah, right? Jonah yeah. didn't, didn't want to go to Nineveh. He, he ran the other way. And got okay, now you're bringing the judgment in. Okay, let's go ahead and do the judgment part of this message. Well, the, the <laughs> idea here, and, and the thing is, is Jonah knew, though, I mean, this is the story, though. He knew God wanted to forgive Nineveh, but he had to go and preach the word so that they would receive forgiveness. And he was a little bitter. Yeah, he was bitter he about like, it. He didn't like Nineveh too much. But the point is, it's like, you may not like politics. You may hate politics. But the point is, is if you know that that's where God's called you, and if you know it's scary, that he can actually use you as a voice to speak in passion, to speak to the issues that, that, that actually make real change, actually deal with the issues we're dealing with, whether it be the opioid crisis, the, the addiction to drugs, the just absolute insanity we see. When we, we know that... Uh, any point in time, you have a, a quarter to a third actually getting involved. What a difference it would make if you actually had people, men, women, and children out there that, that well, over you know the age of old enough to run, but actually getting engaged and saying, you know what? I love my neighborhood. I love my my city, my county, my nation, and my um, my state enough to actually invest my time in it. And that includes even the ugly parts, which is politics. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be ugly, by the way. I know many people who are in political areas and, you know, I, I know my local mayor here in Kent mm-hmm. and she comes to the church I go to and we interact on that at that level. And that's, that's pretty awesome. And of course we know, uh, you know, and I know a lot of elected people and so it doesn't have to get ugly, um, but anything worthwhile is worth fighting for, you know, and, and aren't our, isn't our government and its, its policies worth fighting for? Isn't our school system worth fighting for aren't our churches, our families, you know, what comes on in our, our computers, our TVs and, and our radios, isn't that worth fighting for? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, my wife and I had a discussion today about one of our children who's involved in theater, musical theater and wants to go to theater college and stuff like that. And we both agreed that's scary for us as parents. Cause it, it's, you know, such a, uh, you know, I'm former musician myself and, you know, rock star and all that. So but now I said, you know, it's a mission field and it looks to me like that is the way God is directing our child. And just, you know, I, I kind of laid it all out. And, 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 um, and so we have to say, you know, raise up a child in the way they should go. Right. We want, mm-hmm. we want, we want our children to defend America, but we just want our kid to go, go join the army. Right. We right. just want our kid to do, to do the hard thing. And, uh, but even ourselves. So, you know, uh, the nice thing is, is that I would rather die doing the will of God than live a really long life and go to hell. Just saying. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) This is the end of this segment. We'll be back in the next segment. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world.
When you want to take your business to the next level, nothing drives traffic and increases sales like TV advertising. And EasyTVSpots.com is your best choice for high quality, effective TV ads. Contact us today to learn how easy it is to reach thousands of your ideal prospects with targeted, addressable TV. Grow your sales, revenue, and profit the easy way with EasyTVSpots.com. Broadcast, cable, and online TV made easy. I'm Anton Sakharov, candidate for governor. I was born in a former Soviet Union and have experienced firsthand the tragedy and lies of socialism. After moving to the U.S., I worked hard to earn my degree and succeed in business. Now, I can see the country I love is on the brink of the socialist hell I left behind, and I'm determined to stop it for my family and yours. I am Anton Sakharov. Join me, and let's make Washington great. Paid for by Anton for Governor Issaquah, Washington. Go to evergreatstate.com to learn more. This is Claire. Claire has a great business, and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details, from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. then it is round three doug and marty versus the world this is doug bassler and marty mcclendon and uh, doug you know and of course our listeners as well out there there's the hyperbole or overreacting when people do it too much it's like the boy crying wolf right and so i know that you and i are are both in the lord's army and for those out there that are snowflakes that get offended at the fact that it is the lord of the hosts it is the lord's army he does come to destroy evil and to redeem us so um don't get all offended about it but um i i saw a post a few days ago it's probably a week ago now and uh it's on facebook you know and, and i'm like what the what in the world is before all the news broke about um the uh, drone attack in and killings um General Soleimani from Iran, but it was says um, Iran. It says uh, America kills Salami in in uh, Iran. I go, what? What does that mean? And then there were some jokes about meat and stuff. And then I, then I saw what it was, and and it's interesting how these things um, are such a dichotomy. I'm not not I'm not railing against the fact that it's hypocritical that you know the Democrats can do it, Republicans can't because that's we know that's the fact. We know no matter what, um, the political left, the national level will be will be against whatever the Republicans will do, whatever Trump will do, and so it's not surprising. But what do you think about this? This this dust up a few days later, they take out this known terrorist who had immediate was going to attack more Americans and kill them. They found that he had a two minute window to make the decision. He made the call. President Trump did, um, and. There's people, the Iranian citizens in Canada and around the world cheering the death of this man who was evil, who's on record for over 400 American lives and, and just partnered with another to attack the, the American embassy in, in Iraq. 
And yet the political left want to say that because of this, they want to reopen the whole impeachment thing and add another article saying he didn't have the power to do that. I am tired. I mean, look, I don't want to, no one wants to change our constitution to allow one branch of government to have more power than the other. But the idea is the executive, the commander in chief has this power. Where does the Democrat left and Pelosi get off talking about that the, the executive doesn't have the right to be the executive? What do you say, Doug? Yeah, well, you know, it's Pelosi, whatever. Let's go look at her district, see how she's doing there. Um, the This guy had it coming, right? The, mm-hmm. the difference here is that, you know, when you take out somebody in the, you know, out in the wilds of Afghanistan or, you know, on our own home soil or whatever, um, then it, you know, that's like, okay, well, whatever, kind of jungle warfare, right? But this guy had the legitimacy of being, you know, virtually the second in command or third in command or whatever in Iran. Right. Right. And so, and he was in the the sovereign nation of Iraq, which is now Sunni led because Mm -hmm. they outnumber everybody else. Uh, So, you know, in a democracy quote democracy, um, the Sunnis are now in charge and, um, and they want, you know, the Sunnis are Sunnis and then they're a a sect, right? A religious sect. Mm -hmm. And so they, they're like, well, we like Iran now. So they want to kind of like join together or, you know, partner together. And, and so then they had that vote um, last weekend. Um, what was that? Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mostly symbolic because it's not up to the parliament saying we want to expel the U.S. troops from our country and stuff like that. So um, the difference here is that this person was a legitimately a state player, right? So when we had um, the Benghazi situation, mm-hmm. right, that wasn't a state player. That was random people, more of a gang, like a gang war. You have Afghanistan, more of a gang war, right? Not really like a flag, a government, well, yeah. an economy, and all and that yet, kind of stuff. And, and so yet the that's what makes yeah. That's what makes this the, the, the more, makes the left even more crazy, right? Because well, now it's kind of like, oh, this is us against a, an actual state, an actual government. In a sense, yeah. And yet it wasn't in our brand. It wasn't an official thing. It was actually someone attacking our, our Iraqi embassy, American embassy in, in Iraq. Um, it was it actually orchestrated in plans to imminently attack more American targets. So this is an act of, you know, we were responding to an act of war in terrorism. And we know the Kuds force, which is he was a commander of the Kuds force, uh, you know, whatever you want. I don't the fact that anybody gets to die before accepting Jesus, I think is, is terrible. And yet this person was going to kill a more American light. I think president made the right choice, but you know what Kuds means? The Kuds force he's in charge of. I do not. It means anti-Israel. It means basically it's it is, the force is designed to, to wipe Israel off the map. Kuds is anti-Israel. It's, it's, it's a force to destroy Israel. He's the commander of the Kuds force. And so against our allies and against America. And he's been responsible, like I said, in orchestrating and funding all these terrorist racks around the world. So uh, a bad guy was taken out. I think he did the right thing, the president. It's interesting to see how, though, it doesn't matter what it is. No one likes, um, in the event, it's like someone comes into your home, or in this case, the embassy here, and, and, and tries to kill your family. You are going to defend yourself. In much of the same way, defending American lives is what the president did. And so, anyway, you may disagree with me or not, but the the political sort of, ah, it's overkill. No, no. Um, 2,800 times, 2,800 times 
the former president, I won't say his name, the former president, um, targeted people in the Middle East, you know, um, with these drone missiles and not one people in the media. So go figure. Well, again, I, I, I understand the I understand the upsetness of it, but eventually you've got to, you know, Iran practices bully politics, brother. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the bully. They're out there stomping around, you know, they've captured our ships in, in international waters and done, you know, embarrassing and humiliating things to our, our uh, sailors. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Trump's like, uh, I don't think so. You yeah, know, it's, I'm it's not going to allow yeah. that now. And, and so we, you know, there has to come, it's never fun. The prospect of war is not fun and I'm definitely not for a war with Iran, but I think that you, you know, our very first conflict as a nation after our independence was with the Barbary pirates. Mm-hmm. And what, what did, that was the, the, the inception of the U S Marines, right? They saved to the shores of Tripoli. That was where the Barbary pirates were headed down in uh, Syria. Yep. Uh, Libya. And, um, what that we found out was they respected our strength and our ability yeah. to defend ourselves more than our words. And so the, the British and the French and the Spanish, they were all paying ransom, getting their guys back and their ships back, whatever, just paying yeah. them off. Blah, it blah, was blah. Benjamin Franklin. And at the time, Thomas Jefferson also said, figured out at that point in time that you could not negotiate. You could not appease. Even back then, the only thing they respected was force. And I, I, so leadership back then, it shows leadership right now that we're still dealing with thousands of years old um, ideology, you know, the caliphate and the Iranian, the whole idea here, and that they've been funding terror for decades. Well, what's, no the po- what's yeah. this anti-Israel thing too? I mean, it's like every day the Bible is proven true, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Israel's got this little tiny strip of land right there on the Mediterranean. They don't got any oil. <laughs> they don't kind of, and here's, here's Iran got this gigantic chunk of land. The British gave them mm-hmm. and they've got all kinds of oil and all they kinds of resources. More. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and they, but yet they hate the Jew. Why? You know, it's that, 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 it's that old hatred. And yet I think the rank and file in Iran, I think, you know, we've seen that where there has been some uprising and things like that. Of course, uh, the former president who shall remain mm-hmm. nameless, but you know, trying to spit. Or whatever. I mean, basically, the the did not encourage that. And and this current president is saying, you know what? We're not mad at the people of Iran. We recognize mm-hmm. your government's doing a little bit of rogue stuff here. And exactly right. The thing is, we we our policy with Iran's I think has been in, in error for decades now. Um, when we stand up soon, when our when Reagan came to the office, they released the hostages. The idea is when you have a strong leader. They respect that. Uh, we have an issue here because there's a, there, there was a um, reports of a huge rise in the Christian population in Iran in the midst of this uh, persecution and turmoil. And so there's, it's ripe for change. So we need to be praying for the people of Iran. Uh, and yet evil is evil. That when you understand that this, when you have that much vitriol, like you said, they are rich, blessed rich. And yet the, the, the wherewithal for the people of Iran aren't improved. It's all, it's focused on them on destroying and killing America and Israel. They are not our friends. They are our enemies. And so, you know, now the, the political left is talking about World War III. Well, look, we understand at some point in time, you know, the alliances around the world and biblical prophecies said that there will be a war. Uh, but strength 
in the 80s and the 90s with, with Reagan. And of course, now strength is the best way. Strength in our military, strength in our economy is our best offense and best defense right now. And the way of life it allows it too. The stronger we are, the less dependent we are on these unstable nations. And I believe that if we return to a moral compass as well, we can be boldly lead um, the world as well uh, in, in many other ways. Well, you know, if you're right, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, although I want to, um, because we're like brothers. Right. But, um, <laughs> this, it's to me, like I said earlier, I think we're seeing the Bible play out in real time. But, mm-hmm. you know, there is in the Bible, in the, in the book of Revelation, there's an eagle that flies through midair and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and there's also a, a, a chapter in the Bible where the earth opens its mouth and swallows the persecution. And both of those passages, Bible scholars believe, are pointing to the United States, that we were designed to be a, a place of refuge for people, persecuted peoples, which we have, have had a mm-hmm. history, history of doing. And, uh, and we've been, uh, you know, Radio Free America and, you know, shortwave and the word of the Lord's gone out around the world, you know, by missionaries and by, by media and, and all these different kind of things. And so um, there, there's going to be a short, you know, there's going to be a short little three and a half year thing, right? That's going to be, you know, hell on earth, the great tribulation or whatever. Right. And, but the rest of it, you know, until we get there, we're supposed to like occupy till he comes. We're supposed to stay busy. We're supposed to get at it. And, you know, he said this gospel is going to get preached in the whole world as a, as a, you know, witness to the, to everybody. And that's great because we haven't quite got there. It's still about 2,500, I think, or so unreached people groups. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but we're getting there. And in the meantime, we want to fight for, for this country and for the, for the nations of the world and, and uh, for every soul, man, because uh, people are, fixing to go to hell. And that's not, not where we want to see them. You know, I, I know we're going to come up on a break here, but have you heard about the renewed uh, persecution of Christians in China? You know, this is a huge issue as well. And so again, we're seeing the Bible playing out in real time and the, the nations of the world are raging. They're taking their stand against God mm-hmm. and against his anointed. And, um, and we've got to stand up and, uh, and, t- and, and fight and, uh, and see what we can do to serve the Lord while we're still alive. Guess what? He doesn't come back. We're out of here anyway. So we might as well live while we're alive and do something important. Anyway, we're going to we go right now. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Claire. Claire has a great business and she wanted to advertise on YouTube, but she didn't know how. It was all so confusing. Setting up an account, choosing keywords and demographics, and she didn't know how to make a video. Then Claire discovered the secret to great YouTube ads. The experts at EasyYouTubeAds.com took care of all the details from account setup and management to producing her video ads. Now Claire's friends all want to know how she got so smart. EasyYouTubeAds.com. No experience necessary. Hi, this is Doug Bassler, candidate for U.S. Congress in Washington's 9th Congressional District. We're facing some of the biggest challenges of our lifetime and possibly in our nation's history. It's more important now than ever that we all stand up for our Christian values and heritage. Our values have created freedom and liberty previously unseen in the world. And now what used to be fringe elements are becoming mainstream 
and are threatening our religious freedoms. I'm committed to fight for our First Amendment rights, really for all of our God-given rights, and to represent us faithfully in Washington, D.C., and I can use your help. Would you consider going to my website, dougbassler.com, and making a financial donation of any size? It will be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you in advance for all you do. I'm Doug Bassler, and I approve this message. Paid for by friends of Doug Bassler. For our government to work the way it was intended, citizens from all walks of life must volunteer to run for elected offices. But how do you begin? EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com can help. You'll receive expert help to navigate your campaign and communicate your message. From candidate filing to voters' pamphlet statements, fundraising, and social media, you'll find what you need to run an effective and affordable campaign. EasyPoliticalCampaigns.com. The road to victory starts here. Well, that's it, the saddest sound in radio, but it happens every Saturday at the end of our program. Fourth and final round, Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And I must be Marty McClendon, and I'm over here, right? Yep, and uh, you are the smart, good-looking one, and I'm the other guy. And so, and I'm, I'm comfortable Which with Which is that. really easy on radio, by the way. So yes, <laughs> absolutely right. You know, um, there's, a, there's a lot of um, interesting promises in the Bible, you know, there's a, there's a promise. And I use that word with the tongue in cheek that says all who seek to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And uh, you know, and I've experienced that, pro- that, that promise. Mm-hmm. There's people that are just, they're not going to like you, you know, because you're one of his. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I guess my advice would be get over it. Right. Guess what? They're not going to like you. People, there's going to be people that don't like you anyway, right. just because of who you, you know, who you are, what you represent. Not everyone's going to like you. The most important thing in life, I think, is to make sure that the Lord likes you. Now, now it says he loves you, right? But does he mm-hmm. approve you? Does right. he accept you? You know, we, we talk a lot about accepting the Lord, right? But mm-hmm. does the Lord accept me? Well, he makes us acceptable, but we don't come to God on our terms. We come to God on his terms. Mm-hmm. And if God tells you you're supposed to be running for office and you go the other way, Jonah, like mm-hmm. Marty said in the earlier segment, you in trouble, right? If God tells you you're, you're to get involved in this, you know, I, I heard something that was really interesting the other day, Marty. Mm-hmm. I heard a preacher say, if you can't find a good church in your town that you fit in, you're probably in the wrong town. Because people make a decision where they live based on a job or things like that, rather than where God's called them to go. You know, recently I've had a lot, a, a bunch of friends who moved out of King County. Of course, you didn't live here, but well, I mean, you did in the past, right? A long time ago. But it was just recently. Well, I'm getting out of King County, and I'm like, you can't run from this fight. It doesn't work that way. They're going to find you in Idaho. They're going right, to find right. you in Wyoming. They're coming for you, and. In, uh, and then I say, and besides that, God called me to King County. And if he called me to King County, I have to stay here until he tells me to go somewhere else because he's the king. And, and we need to have that relationship with the Lord where we can hear from God and we know we're in the right place. Now, the, the devil will come and try to shake you and quake you and break you and get you out of that place. But you've got to have that word of the Lord that says, you know what? This is what the Lord says is going to happen. 
if I'm in here doing my thing, I'm being effective in the state legislature, for example, Matt Shea, right. um, yeah. uh, that all kind of thing can break out and come against. Like that guy's been having a serious problem, right? right. That everybody's right. attacked and we know him. He, you know, now does Matt Shea have issues? Um, does Marty McClendon have issues? Does Doug Bassler have issues? We all got issues. We've all okay? fallen short. Yep. yep. It's part of our testimony, but is Matt Shea fighting for the constitution, fighting for the church, fighting for our, our freedom? Absolutely he is. And, yep. uh, and besides that, um, we should, you know, be loving our brothers and, you know, praying for them. You know, I brought up earlier the, the recent wave of, of, of government sanctioned persecution against the church in China, mm-hmm. right? It's been gone to a, a, a super high level. What's going on in Hong Kong? Super high level persecution. It's the Christians in Hong Kong and the, 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 well, the freedom loving people. The, I, I believe, and of course, all, all different types in, in, in history too, there has been persecution for Christians and for Jews. We know there's a reason, there's a relationship there. Um, and, and Paul cried out and said that count it all joy, even in the midst of our trials, that they will come, um, that we're serving the Lord. But we're, we're obedient here. And, and we're like, how is that possible? But like you said earlier, I heard it this weekend as well, that when we get to the point where all that matters is pleasing the Lord, then none of that matters. It doesn't matter if someone likes you or yells at you or accuses you or accusation. God will defend you. The other part of that is, you know, when we always, and you and I have talked about running for races and no one got calls to run, you know, winning the race is up to God. We're both to do our part. And the idea is when we take our focus off of, it's not about the office, it's about obeying and following the will of God that I think we'll win the office. You know, it's when we get beyond the fact of the result of our obedience to the fact that it changes us to a point where we're drawn closer and we can be used by God. I think that's powerful. For anybody out there that, you know, make yourself work to be ready to be used wherever God calls you. I, you know, it's so refreshing to, uh, you know, have a friend like you, Marty, but I'll tell you that it's not about um, our falling, you know, that displeases the Lord. It's about our falling and getting up and keep moving forward that pleases the Lord. Mm. And, you know, so I look at, you know, different political races that I've seen you run and, you know, just the attacks you've endured and whatever myself as well. And we just keep moving forward. We just keep going. And that I believe is how you please the Lord. The Lord said, do this. He didn't say stop. He said, go. Mm -hmm. And there are Sabbaths and there are holy days and, you know, holidays we call them or whatever. There's, you know, time off and, and from the battle, you don't, you're not always on the front. There are different seasons, right? Yep. Sure. And, um, but generally speaking, we're, we're to be an aggressive people. We're to be, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, uh, but, and the violent take it five force. Does that mean we're supposed to be hurting people? No, the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal and we're, we don't war against flesh and blood. We're not trying to hurt our enemies that way. We were trying to hurt the devil. We're trying to hurt Mm -hmm. the evil. We're trying to do that kind of thing. And occasionally, you know, we run into issues like we talked about in the last segment where you've got a, 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 what's his name? Salamani. Salami. You know, where that's just just, it's just right. You know, this guy is a, is, is a murderer. And, and um, you know, Jesus called Herod a murderer. He said, tell that murderer you know, that he's blah, blah, blah. So he, you know, he didn't pull punches on that. And Herod actually did pay a a high price when he, He you know, uh, what was the, one of the most atrocious things Herod did though? I mean, among many, 
was he murder all the babies up to, up to age two, right? Well, that was his dad. That was dad. But the point is, is right there, you have these, the, the issues, it's about babies. It's about this. We have this rampant, uh, this battle now, this battle that is, is truly in, in public um, front frame of mind about life. And I think those that uh, understand that have a, a Christian perspective that love the Lord and love life are winning this argument. Uh, you know, I, I think that's fantastic. In, in spite of everything else, the truth is being revealed. The, the, the life will be protected eventually. Um, and and it's, it's, it's what was worth fighting for. Now, I'll be remiss that this, this session coming up here, uh, this, next, this following week, um, this, this like starting a couple of days from now, um, there's already um, new uh, anti-gun legislation. There's already uh, proposals for new taxes, for a miles per uh, travel tax, all kinds of stuff uh, besides the elections. Uh, make sure you're paying attention because, and we know the last legislative session, $27 billion in new taxes in the middle of the night. So there's, there's bills on the table about getting rid of ghost bills or there's really, really good stuff and really, really bad stuff for our neighbors that are already on the table starting this, in this next week. So make sure you're calling your rep, calling your Senator, making sure you're staying engaged, make sure you're emailing, calling, praying um, that, they actually serve versus um, their own agenda down there. So, yeah, and we need that. I mean, right now we are in desperate need of prayer. We're in desperate need of, of watchmen. We're in desperate need of people that will run for office, will be engaged and 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 work in the political uh, arena. You know, last last uh, session you had a thousand fifteen hundred of Asian Americans that that went and presented themselves and made a huge impact. You had over a thousand Ukrainians and Russians that had made huge impact when it comes to these things with, with the schools, with our children, with uh, hiring and and uh, you know leg- legitimizing. You know that the the devil wants to blur all the distinctions, right? The the he also wants to bring division on every level, men against women. Parents against the children, children against the parents, you know, Spanish speaking people against um, African American people. He wants to bring all these divisions, blur distinctions. Men are men are just like women. Women are just like men. That kind of thing. And and you know, God loves men. You know, they, he knows they're rough around the edges and they're they're kind of a little bit weird sometimes. But he loves them. <laughs> he made them right. He loves mothers. God loves mothers. And you know, motherhood has been so devalued. And motherhood is so awesome. You know, I have a, you know, an, an amazing wife and, you know, my mom struggled in that area, but she was still my mom and she still loved the kids and she did everything she could for us. And um, when she went to be with the Lord, man, it was a celebration because the yes. Lord, the Lord was able to redeem all that stuff. Yes. And um, so we've got to honor what God honors. You know, when God says honor our father and mother, and that's the only one with a promise that will will go well with us. We'll have a good life. You know, we're going to exactly start honoring right. them. And uh, and these these are the these are the the key issues of of culture right now. And it is coming to a head. And the devil is revealing his hand. And uh, yeah. he wants to he wants to tell our kids that they can pick a gender. You know, when it's been wired into them with DNA, he wants to say, oh, it's just as fine if you marry a man, or you know, if you're mm-hmm. a man, you marry a man, or whatever. 
you know, this is a, this, you know, God cares about that stuff. Yes. And we will have a show very soon to yeah. our listeners about the role of a father and a mother, but the importance of a man, a man in the community, man in a household, and, and statistically how very important it is for generations on the welfare of children. And God's designed men and women uniquely for a purpose. And when we mess with that, we mess with everything. So it, it, we'll have more talk about this, but this is a very important subject you kicked off here. And I look forward to talking about it on some of the next shows. Well, we've got uh, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of very important decisions that are going to be making. Like you said, the session starts this coming Monday, and uh, let's see, that would be the thirteenth, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we really are going to be you know watching that. But you know, thank God for you. You you know you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to a program like this if you weren't already a pretty special person and a person that wants to be informed and care. And so we just we pray for you. And uh, be encouraged and get out there and make a difference, right? That's right. Be encouraged. God bless. All right. We'll see you next time. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. God bless. Bye-bye.